Are you wanting more Totally Mackinac Island podcast? Well, here's how you can get it. Be sure to follow Totally Mackinac Island podcast on Instagram. Not only do I share everything that I talk about on the podcast, but then throughout the rest of the week, I share other invaluable information that is actually going on on the island at that very moment. How that is done, up in my Instagram stories. I also like to share a bunch of pictures and videos that I have taken throughout my visit on the island. Another great way for more information about the podcast is always go to the blog. There I have all the links available for everything I have discussed. That is www.totallymackinaw.com. If you go on there, you will find everything I have ever discussed on the podcast, how you need to link up to it, and what other information you can have. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have learned so much. I love sharing all that I can with you. It has actually even helped me learn more about the island. And I always appreciate those reaching out to give me more information to share with everyone else. Now back to the show. Located on the crystal blue waters of Lake Huron lies Mackinac Island. She is tucked in between Michigan's upper and lower peninsulas. Indulge me as I share all the ins and outs of the place that stole my heart. This is totally Mackinac Island. Welcome to Totally Mackinac Island. I'm your host, Heather. Today I have a very special episode. And one of the things I have really come to enjoy with doing this podcast, and it happened kind of on accident, is interviewing different people that have affiliations, whether it be that they have businesses or their residents on the island or they're just starting to work on the island. And that's the case for today. And I actually came across Shannon on Instagram, which is how I've come across with a lot of the people that I have come to interview on Totally Mackinac. And here is what is so fascinating is that she runs and manages Haunts 1830 in B&B, and they are located on 6806 Main Street in Mackinac. They are actually located right close to St. Anne's Church. It was really fun to hear actually how everything got started, not only for her family, but what circumstances led her into being in charge of the inn herself. And I pass by there all the time when I'm walking down on Main Street. I'm definitely looking forward to coming and taking some pictures while I'm visiting. So sit back and enjoy listening to Shannon tell her story and be sure and check them out for a place for you to visit while you're going to Mackinac Island. All right, everyone, today we are going to be talking with Shannon from Hans, and I'm really excited to have her on the show and for her to tell us all about this adorable inn that she manages through the summer. And uh, welcome, Shannon. And uh, the first question I always like to ask everyone that comes on is, what is your Mackinac Island origin story? I love that question. I'm so excited about it. And I, um, gosh, you must get some really great stories out of that question because there are so many interesting ways that people get here and have history on the island. And um, so my origin story actually starts with my grandfather. 
um, and my father. They were vacationing on the island in the 70s. Um, they kind of spent like a month in the summer renting a condo. And my grandfather was, um, he really enjoyed work. He really liked to work. Um, and so he needed a project while he was on vacation. And they would walk past this house that had no one living in it. People were using it as like a party house um, and was you know, pretty clearly dilapidated and abandoned. And um, so he started to pursue seeing if he could find who he could buy the house from. Um, wow. The way that my dad would tell the story is that he would be sitting across the street and watching people walk down the sidewalk. And, you know, so Airbnb is right next to St. Anne's Church. So he would see people walk past St. Anne's on that side of the sidewalk, get to the property line of, of what is now Hans 1830 and cross the street, walk past the house and then cross back over so they didn't cross too close to the house. It was that bad. Wow. Um, that that yeah, the island was a, shocks me. Right. It, it was a different world in the 70s. I mean, we're right on Main Street. Could you imagine a home like that right on Main Street on Mackinac Island? Not now, um, no. Mm -mm. No. So um, finally, my grandfather took down who he needed to buy this from. The woman who actually was the owner passed away at the same time that he was looking. So then he had to track down who her heirs were. She didn't have any of her own children. It was a complicated process, but finally he was able to purchase the home. Um, and everyone thought he was just going to demolish it and start new because the lot, I mean, the location's great. Yeah. But he, again, was, he really liked to work. Um, and he really also loved old homes. Um, my grandparents were antique collectors. And so they restored um, this original 1830 Greek revival home to what it should have been. Um Wow. It was uh, it was quite the process, but he got it done in about three years. And in 1980, Hans uh, Cottage, it, it was its original name, um, opened. And, and then in 1988, it was rebranded as Hans 1830. And that's when my parents took over. Um, so it's I'm now third generation owner innkeeper. Um, my father passed away in 2017. Oh, and um, yeah, thank you. Um, my parents um, were divorced. Um, so my brother and I kind of had to figure out what we were going to do with the B&B. And it had always kind of been the plan that my husband and I would take over. Um, it had always been my dream. It just happened probably 20 years before I thought it would. Um, <laughs> so we we were living in Montana at the time, and we, I mean, we made it work. Um, so we, uh, you know, got there as quick as we could after my dad passed, um, and then just had a huge learning curve. Really, about I knew how to run a bed and breakfast. Uh -huh. um, you know, I grew up in the B and B every summer, um, my whole childhood and adolescence. I was on the island in the summer, living in the bed and breakfast, working with my parents or even just watching, you know. Um, I did work for them for a long time. I worked um, at uh, another um, lodge in Montana um, in the hospitality industry for years. Um, so I had that experience. I knew how to run a bed and breakfast. I did not know how to run a business. 
Um, so that was the huge learning curve for me. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but so you were, you were in Montana when mm-hmm. all of this happened, mm-hmm. which again, I'm extremely fascinated by that because I remember <laughs> I did a, a book report on Montana when I was little, like we each had to do a state and I did it on Montana. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is back when you had to use you know, dictionaries, encyclopedias, and right. stuff. actual books. Uh, yeah. And I, I loved, I loved learning about it and everything. And now it's so interesting to see with that show Yellowstone, how it has yeah. catapulted that state into showing mm-hmm. the beauty of it. And mm-hmm. so I, I can not even imagine what you, so you get to go from this beautiful state of Montana, then you get mm-hmm. to go to this beautiful Island in Michigan. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. What a it's fantastic, pretty, you should write a cool. book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Just those journeys, those those are so unique with that going on in there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it, it's interesting because it, we lived in a tourist town in Montana. Um, mm-hmm. So there were a lot of similarities between that life and life on Mackinac. But the landscape is just completely different. Oh, you I know, in the, I bet. Um, the culture is completely different too so yeah and so now um okay since your family has had this for three generations um Mm -hmm. and you said you know that you kind of came into this 20 years ahead of it um Mm -hmm. and so this was something too not only for you but for your husband that Mm -hmm. you guys just had to go into it kind of unexpectedly it sounds like how did the first Mm -hmm. season go for you guys I, it was better than expected, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, when was I your first season? Of, was it 2018 when you took over then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So 2017, my dad passed away in the middle of the season. He passed away in July. Oh, wow. Um, so we luckily had great staff that showed up and helped us out and finished off the season for us, um, which was necessary. We couldn't just, like, quit our jobs and, up, like, leave everything behind so so quickly um so we um yeah 2018 was really our first season and I honestly don't remember (laughs) 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 my so I I only had one kid I now have two kids um and he was um two years old and so my husband and I would um, alternate like, okay, I'll do the B&B stuff and you do the, you hang out with Gideon. And we would like, I took the morning shift and Lucas took the afternoon shift. And it was, I, I honestly don't even remember if it was hard, if it was, if I was tired, I'm sure that all of that is true because I don't remember it. You know, well, you're not to mention you, you also enough. have, yeah, you had this loss, this unexpected loss yeah. that just happened. So you're trying to go into all of that. And I, I can't I, imagine that. That was, that was a hard hurdle to come out, to come over and, and still is that, um, you know, I do feel like there are some things that I have to think about my dad's kind of um, fingerprint on things, you know? So the first year, especially that was hard because I'm trying to establish the business as mine. 
um, but also honor my dad um, and my mom too. My mom actually, you know, she worked, at, she did the B&B for 25 years before they were divorced. And so there were so many people who had kind of this image in their head about what to expect from the bed and breakfast and from me. And I, I will say I, we did lose, you know, we, we had such a big loyal, um, uh, contingency of repeat guests. And I think we did lose some because I did make some changes that some people were uncomfortable with, Mm -hmm. but we did gain some after I took over with people who were excited about what I was doing and liked the business as I was working. So there was definitely kind of this hard transition period between my dad's business and my business. Right. Right. And, and change is always difficult for some people. Mm -hmm. And especially I think too, and I think you can agree on this with when it comes to Mackinac, because Mm -hmm. that is the one thing that is um, truly sacred about that Island is the, the change you, you like to kind of, there is good change, but they really like to stay on the same line with that. Okay. So let's tell the listeners exactly where you're located at. Um, so that way they can have a general idea of where to look at for you guys. Yeah, we are, we are on main street. Um, but we are a little bit removed from the downtown area. Um, it's about a five to 10 minute walk, um, from, you know, the general downtown, Um, We always tell people, you get off the ferry, you go to Main Street, and you look right. When you see the steeple of St. Anne's Church, that's what you're going to walk to, and then we're right past that. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's a fantastic location. I really love where you guys are located at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really nice. It's pretty quiet, um, but still very accessible to everything. Are you guys um, located right next to the road that is part of the lilac 10k run that you run up is that yeah that <laughs> is a couple of houses i know exactly what you're talking about mission uh-huh. called, we call it mission hill yeah uh, some people call it prescott yes um, yeah it's two we're two properties away from that hill that hill is brutal um yeah i go up that hill probably every day my oh my gosh is your i mean you must have like buns of steel from doing that hill um, oh you gosh. know, you, you always like have to regain your Mackinac legs every season. I bet. So like in the beginning of the season, I can't make it up. <laughs> I can't, I can't get it. But by the end of the season, you know, you're like racing yourself. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll never forget the first year I did that race, you know, going along there and all of a sudden they turned to go up there and I'm like, no, what this, uh-huh. this is mean. And it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just remember I looked down. I'm like, don't look up the hill. Cause that's what they always say when you're running. If there's a big hill, don't look up the hill. Oh, but yeah. uh, that was, that was a brutal awakening. I had no idea about that, but very yeah. pretty run after that. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, it's a really pretty run. Okay. So you have nine rooms mm-hmm. and on your website, I was looking at all of them and I love all the different names you have for them. So yeah. would you mind talking about each room, how you came up in with the name and a little bit of detail about them, please? Yeah, yeah. So um, first of all, I can't take credit for the names. That was totally my grandparents. Um, but to give you kind of a brief history of everyone that we feature on the in our inn, um, I hope that I know enough about each of these. Um, 
almost all of them are people from the island who are kind of notable historical figures. Um, there are two rooms that are previous owners of the, the house itself of the 1830 in. So um, the first recorded uh, owner of the home was the, the person who built the home. As far as my records that I inherited tell me, um, okay. was a man named Lafayette Davis. Okay. I know nothing about him, mm -hmm. um, but that is one of our rooms. Um, and then across the hall from the Lafayette Davis uh, is the Madame Laframboise, and she is my favorite island historical figure. Um, she is so cool. She, um, if you know a little bit about island history, you might know she um, was in the fur trade and was a huge competitor with John Jacob Astor, which is another one of our rooms. Um, and she was Matisse, so she was part Native American and part French. Now, this is there is some conflict about her origins, and so I might be wrong about some of these things. But I'm, but my understanding is that um, she also spoke many languages. So she was she created her own fur empire, and John Jacob Astor bought her out because she was doing so well. Um, she was a widow, and she had to take over her husband's business, like. I just think she's the coolest historical figure on the island that had this fur empire all on her own. I, it's I, I you know, agree one hundred percent. I did a whole uh, podcast about her because oh, awesome. well, it go. is when I saw that you had a room named after her, it made complete sense. I think, and as you can probably understand, and as a female, for a female yeah. to do that at that time, oh. mind-boggling. And I love the story about it. When I first heard about her, I just was so captivated by it. And I love that you have a, a room named after her and that you have such an appreciation. And I think it's just, it's something that I never would have thought you could have seen. So I 100% agree with you. Love it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so another... Oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. The other room. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, another um, great historical female on Mackinac Island is Constance Fenimore Wilson. She was an author. Um, she actually was the niece of James Fenimore Cooper, who wrote Last of the Mohicans. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So she has some history with, you know, with writers and her family, um, with novelists. Um, and she wrote the book Anne. If you've ever been to the island and you've been to Anne's tablet, mm -hmm. that is where that comes from. Um, that's kind of a monument in honor of her. Okay. Um, again, another great island historical woman who um, was really doing things that not many women were doing at the time. Not many women were writing the way that she was in the time that she was writing, um, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we also have the Reverend William Ferry who was a Protestant minister on the island um, for a brief period of time. Uh, we have the Pierre Marquette, who many people know as the explorer, um, who spent some time on the island. Uh, we have the Dr. William Beaumont, who of course made um, huge medical um, advancements uh, in, our, in the knowledge of our digestive system. Yep. Uh, we do also have the Governor Lewis Cass, um, and this is, I was actually just talking to my husband about this. So Cass, um, 
we have on the island there's a big monument for him um up at the top of mission hill called cast cliff mm -hmm. um and he he did a lot of good things but he also did some not great things okay. um particularly with the native american community um so that's something has been kind of rattling around in my brain of like do we need to rebrand this what you know what i get what I you're know. saying yeah i so i need to do some more research on on not only governor lewis cast but um whether it is especially for our guests if it's something that you know, it's someone not going to stay with us because we have a room named the Governor Lewis Cass Suite. But at the same time, you don't want to cater to everybody's, I, I don't know. That's a difficult uh, There's a lot to consider. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I imagine those are, that would be hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's eight of our rooms. The last room is the um, Colonel William Preston Suite. And Colonel William Preston was kind of the last notable owner of the home. Um, like I had mentioned, uh, when my grandfather bought the house, he bought it from a woman and that was Colonel Preston's daughter. Okay. Um, he was, um, as again, as far as my uh, education passed down from my grandfather to my father, to me, um, he was Colonel of the Fort on Mackinac. Uh -huh. He also owned about half of downtown on the island. And the story goes with Colonel Preston that he had told his daughters they were, he, so he was a, a big prominent businessman. He had a lot of money, a lot of property. He had told his daughters that if they were to marry, they would no longer be Prestons, therefore no longer have need nor use of the Preston fortune. Wow. <laughs> yes. Though neither of them married. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's it's mm, a this, lot to again say. this is this is like my dad was a great storyteller that's how he told the story yeah but i think it's a great story to pass along because it's really interesting it is that is that is something to really think about and if you i mean different tales that you hear different movies different stories that i mean it doesn't seem that far off really if you think about it but I can't wrap my brain around that kind of you know, know. ultimatum. Like, listen, it's this or that, you know, but uh, if there's a big fortune involved, I mean, I know that there can be some stipulations and that was his. Very interesting. I, yeah. I love all the history that you have involved with the place. That yeah. is one thing that a lot of the listeners have really uh, embraced is not mm. only learning about places to stay and what to do, but the history, because yeah. in all of my research and then just taking the different tours, it still um, shocks me on how big Mackinac was for fur trading, because yeah. what the heck, this island in the middle up there of Lake Huron, yeah. and it was so predominantly known for that. And so I love hearing that you've taken that all in and that you can share that with, you know, the guests, because they love hearing that as I'm sure as I love learning anything I can about it. So th those are great. So with each of the nine rooms, do they all have their own uh, restrooms as well? Do they all have their own private baths? Yeah. Good question. Um, seven of them do. Okay. And two of them share a bath. Um, the Reverend William Ferry and the Pierre Marquette, 
They're in um, the original 1830 part of the house and they're kind of in their own part of the house and they share a bath with each other that's down the hall. Most people rent both of those rooms okay. together. So that way they have, you know, if they have a large family or whatever, um, they're at least sharing the bathroom with people that they know. That makes a lot of sense to have that yeah. all tied in there together with that. Now, your yeah. name, Hans, is that a family name? Is that your family name? Okay. Yes, that was okay. my grandfather was Vernon Hahn. My dad okay. is, was Nick Hahn. Um, my maiden name is Hahn. Okay. Well. I kind of figured that's what it was, but I wasn't sure on that. So I thought I would ask for yeah. that. Um, now, what are some of the other amenities that you offer with the guests when they stay there? Yeah, so we do a breakfast every morning. Um, we do like a hot egg dish of some kind, whether that be like a strata or a baked French toast or, um, you know, some sort of egg casserole. Um, we also do um, a usually like a hot fruit dish or um, some sort of homemade baked good. Um, all of that's in scratch, done in our kitchen. We do homemade bread every morning. And then, of course, we have bagels, cereal, yogurt, fresh fruit. Um, we also have coffee and tea available all day, um, nice. a little ice machine. We do have a refrigerator for our guests if they need it. Um, we've realized over the years that that's been kind of a big need mm -hmm. um, is for guests to have a refrigerator available to them. Mm -hmm. um, so we have one refrigerator in the parlor that people are able to use. Um, also in the parlor, we have a small library. Um, so not only do we have, you know, books about the island, but just general novels. If you want to mm -hmm. read a book on a rainy day, um, we also have board games and cards available to our guests as well. That is so nice that you offer all those extra amenities yeah. for the um, refrigerator. Do they just keep like beverages in there or do some of them like I bring a cooler yeah. And so they just probably, are they bringing sometimes even their own food to put in there? Just different things like that? You know what? Nothing surprises me anymore. For the most part, <laughs> for the most part, it's um, beverages. Um, but, you know, sometimes people will put their leftovers from a meal in there or something like that. I, you know, some people do bring their, bring some food um, to store. Um, yeah. Uh, medicine, breast milk. Oh, good point. I never even thought about that. I know. Um, so do you have, I find that a lot of people tend to come back every year. And yeah. so do you have a set of families or people that tend to come back? Do they stay a certain amount of time? Um, is that something that you have, have they done that for a long time? And are you growing more with that with each season? Yeah, um, we have a lot of repeat guests. I think probably 50% of our um, client base are repeat guests every season. Um, and yeah, we do have some. I, I'm thinking of one couple in particular who have been staying about the same time, uh, usually for about five days with us. For maybe 35 years. Wow. Um, which is longer than I have been alive. <laughs> so, they, um, yeah, they are. Um, yeah, and we have several people who are similar. You know, we have some people who have been staying us for with us for 20 years. Again, same time of year. Every you know, same amount of time. Um, we have we have a couple of guests who. Um, stay with us in both the spring and the fall for like 
eight or nine days. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, we have we have a lot of repeat guests. They are really the um, they're the best part of the business, in my opinion, um, because they they know who we are and they love who we are, and mm -hmm. that there's no better reward as a business owner than people who continually come back to you. Um, it, it, yeah, yeah, I, I, I it's I, wonderful. I, uh, last summer when I was there in July, what I, I do is I stay at a different place each time I go yeah, and, so um, I, it is, it's, it's, uh, a lot of fun to do that, but I was down at the pink pony and I was sitting at the bar and there was, uh, I was, <clears throat> this is before I started the podcast. I was doing a blog about Mackinac. So I was writing the blog yeah. and the gentleman sitting next to me asked me what I was doing. And I told him and talking with him, his son was sitting with him him and his wife, they've come up there for 30 plus years. And mm -hmm. I don't remember where exactly they stay, but they always stay at the same place. They come at mm -hmm. the same time every year. They've started bringing family. It has just become a tradition. And, and doing the podcast and doing the blog, I have found that so many people do that with Mackinac. They have their weeks that they go, the places they yeah. stay. And they love that. They get to know the staff. They get to know the owners. And it just mm -hmm. is a comfort for them. And it's so common for so many people to do that mm -hmm. with this with this island. And yeah. whether it be with you guys, whether it be at another place, it's all very common with all of them. And I love hearing that and how they got to doing that. You know, it yeah. just, I think it's just the memories that they form there. And it's just a Absolutely. great bond that they have with it. And yeah. so, I mean, I love that you still have that going on and mm -hmm. going for everyone there with that. So with, you said that some people come, you know, at the beginning at the season at the, and then in the fall, when do you mm -hmm. open and when do you shut down? Yeah, we open um, typically mid-May. Uh, the date varies from year to year. This mm -hmm. year we're opening on May 16th. Okay. Um, and then we close about mid-October. Okay. Um, again, the date varies from year to year, depending on even our own personal schedule um, or, you know, what what's going on on the island or something like that. Um, this year we're closing the 23rd, I believe, um, 22nd of October, which is actually a week later than what we have done in the past. Okay. Um, but um, my innkeeper last year, my fall season innkeeper. We hire people in the spring and in the fall to cover for us while we're not there. Um, and my fall season innkeeper, he's he's he. They retired from innkeeping last year, um, but they were they're such a huge part still of the business. Um, anyway, he he was like, "Why don't you stay open another week?" And I was like, "Well, as long as you're gonna stay and and work that week, great." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I know. So that takes you through pretty much to the end of the season, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's a fun weekend. I really, I yes. experienced that for the first time this last year and I really, really mm -hmm. liked it, but I love the island in the fall. Um, okay. So yeah. explain to the listener how they're going to go about booking with you guys and then the checking in times, checking out times. What is the whole process for them? Yeah. You can book a couple of different ways. One would be um, online on our website, 
Uh, if you go to 1830in.com, there's a little book now button. Um, I think that some people are intimidated by the book now if they just want to search. Um, but if you click that button, there's a little button after that that says view entire availability. And you can look at the whole season, see what's open, see what room options you have. Um, and it's a little more of like a visual process than typing in your specific dates and getting the results. Um, I always recommend that for people. Um, you can also call. Mm -hmm. um, and if you call, you get me okay. on the phone um, until the season starts. And then you might get one of our innkeepers um, or me if I'm there. Um, and um, I will say during the off season, I work from home. I have two kids. Um, and so I'm always, I always want to, to preface people, if you call me during the off season, please leave a message if you don't get through and I will call you. <laughs> <Makes sense. laughs> because, you know, sometimes I'm changing a diaper or, you yeah. know, I have a kid who's crying and I'm not going to answer the phone while my kid's crying because that's not good for anyone. So. <laughs> and you're frazzled and that can be overwhelming yeah. with that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then when they, uh, what do you have for check-in and check-out times? Oh, yes. Um, we guarantee check-in anytime after 4 p.m. Check-out is the next day at 10 a.m. However, we say that as, you know, a precaution where, like, if something crazy happens and we can't get everything together, this is when, this is when we need check-in time to be. But as soon as you, if you're staying with us, as soon as you arrive from the island, come down to us get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea. We'll know that you're on the island. We'll take your luggage for you. Um, and we will give you a call if your room is ready. Um, most of the time it's ready much earlier than 4 p.m. Okay, perfect with that. Um, yeah. So you have innkeepers that mm -hmm. you have that when you're, cause you're not there the whole entire season, they Correct. are running it for you. How many do you generally have for that? Yeah. Um, well, I have one gal who works for me for the whole season. Um, she's amazing. I, yeah, I, I hired her last year and I joke that she signed a lifetime contract with me. Um, so she's there the whole season. Um, and then in the springtime right now, I have um, one gal who actually was my boss when I worked in Montana. Mm -hmm. um, the lodge that she was working at closed. She's kind of hopping around to different jobs and I needed to fill that position. And I reached out to her and now she comes for the spring and runs the BNB in the spring for me, which is so awesome. I know. Um, and then I have a couple who are coming. Um, it'll be their first season with us this fall. Um, but previous years, I also had another couple. Um, a lot of times we get kind of retirees mm -hmm. who who fill those positions who kind of think, Oh, it'd be fun to run a B and B. Um, and so that's what my, um, fall season innkeepers, not only this upcoming season, but in, but for the past six years have been. Wow. That's really incredible. And then do they, yeah. is there a separate house that you have for them to stay at? Is that how it works for them? No. So everybody oh. lives on site. At okay. B. Um, we, my, Full season gal um, lives like in the middle of everything. And I feel terrible for her sometimes because she's <laughs> like, like she opens her door and there's the breakfast table. Mm -hmm. um, 
hopefully it's not too bad for it. I don't know. Um, but but um, then we also have an apartment um, in the B&B uh, for innkeepers. It's also where my husband and I and my kids live um, okay. when we are running the B&B. Okay. That's really interesting. I never thought about that where they might be staying because they're not going to be staying in the guest rooms because that's for the guests. Uh, one thing when people arrive and I often tell them is dock porters. So do you have your own personal dock porter or do you recommend for them to hire separate separately if, if you don't have one? Yeah, good question. Um, so we don't, we don't have one on our staff. Um, however, we do work pretty closely with many dock porters. Um, and one in particular, uh, his name is Byron. He is like our first go-to guy. Okay. Um, and we even include his personal cell phone number um, on the pre-arrival email that goes out to everybody. Um, awesome. So they have their own contact with Byron. Um, they can call him whenever they need to to organize uh, doc, the duck porter, you know, situation. Um, otherwise, it it can be intimidating to kind of get to the island and know I need to find someone to take my bags and what does that look like? We always tell people to just call us and we can organize that for them. Um, or if they feel confident to just go, I always say, just find a guy in a polo shirt and cargo shorts who looks mm -hmm. like he can lift heavy things and he's probably a dock porter. <laughs> um, I just did a podcast about the different island events. And yeah. do you have any events that you try to do at the end to incorporate while those events are going on? Is there anything you do yeah. like that? Good question. And that's something that um, I have been thinking about a lot. Um, I, I wish that we did currently we don't, um, you know, we have two kids and, um, we do want to try to create a life for them. Um, so some of our time is kind of sucked away to do that. Um, but it is something that I've thought about a lot, like in the future, having like a, you know, a Tuesday tea at Hans 1830 in where we have tea on the lawn with, you know, kind of the traditional, um, tea, finger sandwiches and that sort of thing. Maybe live music playing or something like that. Um, right now, I think that, I mean, there are some other B&Bs who do kind of a traditional um, afternoon tea, um, but really the only place that you can do that um, as like a, a more formal event is at the Grand, which is fabulous. Um, but it would be kind of fun to do that at Hans. In the, in the future, we aren't, I'm not there yet, but sometime in the future, I think that's something that we're hoping to do. It will um, happen. Mm -hmm. I think so. But uh, around general island events, um, we don't, but we do also act kind of as your concierge. Um, so we love to, you know, help coordinate um, different things for our guests to do um, throughout their stay which is great. This is a huge benefit for anybody that might not be super familiar if this is their first time visiting, that they can take that, yeah. you know, utilize that as much as you can. Um, so in the off season, what is it that you like to do for the inn? Uh, do you, you know, like on Instagram, you've been posting some different things that are going on. So what is um, something that you are working on right now for the inn and the off season? Yeah, good question. So we, um, I, I like to kind of maintain um, our feel. 
um, and our um, our kind of vibe or our um, I don't know our interiors um, are more historical. So we do I do try to stay to true to that. Um, so you know having antiques, um, having wallpaper that would be historically accurate for the time period, um, and there are some ways to kind of um, you know, change that to make things more comfortable, which we certainly want to do. Um, but I don't like to do things that are trendy because I don't want to have to remodel the inn every 10 years. Um, but with that being said, you know, there are some things that do need to be updated or changed. So um, we are putting some um, more historically accurate wallpaper in one of our rooms. Um, I am um redoing some carpet and that's just a maintenance thing you know that we do i do want to make things clean and comfortable um and so part of that is doing updates um we need new carpet our yep. carpet is not i you know i don't like looking at my carpet so we're well, gonna get new carpet <laughs> yeah you get different guests in there all the time get different weather you get all sorts of different kind yeah. of tracking in there so i imagine that that would have to happen a lot and i i notice a lot of the um hotels and inns and stuff do that in the off season that they're constantly mm -hmm. doing that. So, and even yeah. ones that you think, gosh, shouldn't they just replace it? But if you really think about it, if they get quite a few guests, mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So what is it that you like to do most on the Island when you are there? Yeah. So, um, like I had mentioned, we do have two kids. So a lot of what we do, um, you know, in our free time does revolve around kind of creating this life for them. Um, you know, they participate in, like little Islander t-ball and um, different activities that uh, the Mackinac Rec Department puts on, um, which they're so fabulous and we're so thankful for that. Um, but otherwise, um, I personally um, really love to be in the woods on the island, um, in the in the forest. Mm -hmm. um, and um, even as a kid, that was kind of my escape. Um, you know, I had my favorite trail when I was, you know, eight, nine years old that I would go and hike every day or bike every day. Um, and so that's a lot of what um, I try to do that every day is either go for a hike and, and then I'll probably take the kids or the dog or, you know, we're all, we'll all go. Um, or um, I like to mountain bike. I usually do that by myself or with my husband. Um, my, my son is starting to kind of get into it last year. Um, and how old but, are your kids? Um, yeah, I have a five-year-old uh, and a two-year-old. Okay. So yeah, they are young, but they are getting to those ages and stuff to do that, yeah. to be joining in with that. And it's, it's fun so for them fun. to experience that going through there and seeing nature mm -hmm. in such a unique way too, you yes. know? Um, my girlfriend yes. last summer when we were up there in July, she uh, is, lives in California and her girls, uh, they were so excited to buy rain boots because in California, they don't get rain. Oh, so right. it rained and they were just ecstatic and just to love run that. through lawns through different things and see it. And they yes. loved everything about that to see it in a different way. Whereas, I mean, you and I, that's just what we know, but they really took it all in and loved that. And I thought yeah. that, that was fun to see it from our perspective like that. So it has to be fun for you as a parent, cool. to see your kids enjoying the island like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, um, it's so satisfying, you know, just deep down in my soul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, 
really it probably great. is something too because um they're not i don't know too they're connecting but they're not on like devices as much i feel like that yes. sometimes you're just not doing that as much when you're up mm -hmm. there because you don't mm -hmm. really want to you are we don't have a tv i love that yeah mm -hmm. i love that so much yeah i don't have that often on too often when i'm there i just don't yeah. like to, you know, it just yeah. is something that I don't like to. Does the in? Do you guys have uh, TVs in your rooms? That is something no. I'm finding out about a lot of the bed and breakfast. They don't have those in the rooms. And I love that, mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah. The people who stay with us also love that. But it is something like I make sure in our confirmation emails that we say we don't have TVs. On our website, it says that we don't have TVs because probably about once a season, someone shows up and is surprised mm -hmm. that we don't have TVs. And I, I, it's fine if you want a TV while you're traveling there, are, but you have to stay somewhere else. Yep. Yep. I know. And I mean, again, half the time when I'm ready to go to bed, I'm, especially after being there, I am out. Yeah, you're tired. I am yeah. tired. I am pooped out everything with that. Do you have a favorite time of year there? Mm, I love September. September on the Island is the best mm -hmm. because um, the weather is typically good, typically predictable as being, you know, pretty mild 60s, maybe 70s on a good day, maybe 50s on a cold day. Um, the leaves are so beautiful. I've, you know, we've done the East Coast, like, you know, New Hampshire, Vermont, uh, like leaf peeping tour. And I think that Northern Michigan has better fall colors than, than Vermont. Mm -hmm. So that is a beautiful um, and then just the pace is different on the island. You know, I think in the summer, everything is so go, go, go. You get so many um, people who are trying to just fit everything into their day. And in September, you get the traveler who's a little more like ready to relax, mm -hmm. um, which is so fabulous. And and the whole, I mean, everybody who works on the island is kind of at that point too. <laughs> so it's just it's wonderful. I uh, feel for you guys, because I know that 2020 was definitely a difficult year for so many, but I know that you guys still were successful that year, but it was a later start. And then last season was insane, which is great. You love it, yep. but it was a lot. And yep. I was there in July and then October and I it was such a huge change of pace. But even that Saturday, that last Saturday mm -hmm. in October, which made sense, you know, they had the race, they had the race and they had, you know, um, it's the last Saturday, it's a Halloween. So yeah, you got to, you got to see, but it still wasn't even as busy as what it normally is. Mm -hmm. I mean, insanity downtown. That's why it is nice to escape into the woods. Mm -hmm. You know, because everybody kind of is standing around. I lived in Chicago for a while and I, you never went down to Michigan Avenue when you live in Chicago yeah. and mm -hmm. because it's overwhelming and you know that. Mm -hmm. So I think with um, that makes sense with September being a little bit more of a wind down and the weather. Mm -hmm. It is wonderful. I, it is. Oh, I love fall. It's my favorite. Well, what are you mm -hmm. looking forward to the most this upcoming season? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so excited. We really have, I'm really looking forward to, um, the fact that my staff is at a really comfortable place. 
So I'm now at this place as an owner where I feel like, especially the first few years there, I mean, there's just a lot to learn and I'm still learning and still growing as a business owner. Um, and I always will, hopefully. Um, but I think I'm at a place now where we're a little more comfortable, um, where we've kind of figured out, okay, what is a healthy pace for us? Um, how many people do we need here in order to be able to do things effectively and well? Mm -hmm. um, and um, I think that we've really hit our rhythm. Um, and so I'm excited that this upcoming season, we can kind of run with that rhythm and kind of look at things like, okay, now that we are, now that we're, you know, stable, we're in a good spot what are the new things that we're going to start doing? Um, so that is really exciting. Um, and honestly, I, you know, I, I just love being there so much. Um, my, you know, I have so many, we have so many friends up there and we love all of the little events. Um, we, I, it's just a place of, of peace and um, rejuvenation and life um, yeah. for us. So I look forward to every season. Um, yeah. because of that. Yeah, that is something to definitely look forward to. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on today and telling us about your, yeah. your inn and your bed and breakfast, because it is, I mean, it's one that I pass all the time when I'm there. So this is just really um, uh, exciting. And for the listeners to learn more about it and the historical side of it and how your grandfather restored it, I was not expecting all of that. So that was even a bonus for me to learn that today. So cool. thank you for coming on today. I so appreciate thank it. I know you. the listeners do. Uh, for the listeners, I will have her uh, the link for her website in the bio notes so that way they can get on there and find out any information that they would like to know about that. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks of for including me. I feel honored. No, I, I'm grateful you came on. I'm always grateful for anyone that is willing to and to share yeah. any extra information about the island is the whole goal of the podcast. Yeah. Cool. How great is Shannon? I really enjoyed talking with her and learning how Hans got started. Isn't that fascinating for her grandfather to do that and to take that place and renovate it the way it was? All right, gang, so be sure to look down in the notes to go to the link for her page. Also follow them on Instagram. And their name for Instagram is Hans1830 Innkeeper. And on that page, you'll be able to follow all the little updates that she has going on. Um, you'll see different rooms that they have, other things that are going on with the island. And I really am grateful that I got a chance to talk with her and learn so much about this incredible little bed and breakfast. So much history there, not only for the history of the house, but within her family. All right, guys, so that concludes today's episode. I look forward to talking to everyone again next week about our favorite place, Mackinac Island. Totally Mackinac Island is written, produced, and edited by me, Heather.